Christine here with a phone-in firehouse session. I have Meryl Garbus from Tune Yards on the line. Thank you for joining us, Meryl. My pleasure. WFHB gets talked about a lot in our household. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. So back in January, we heard the fourth full-length album, I Can Feel You Creep Into My Private Life, released via 4AD. And it's consistently been on the top 10 list of albums here at WFHB. We're really, really, lo- our DJs are really loving it, and we're really excited for the show here in Bloomington at the Bluebird on May 17th. Jump into some of the context of the album. I understand that this album was partially influenced by your experience in DJing. Can you please tell us a bit about how Dance Floor DJing and your radio show Claw are connected to the album? Sure. Well, I started DJing because I started getting offered gigs. So I thought, well, I better learn to DJ because, you know, there's a gig here for me if I want it. And there was something about learning about dance music a bit more um, specifically, you know, EDM and the roots of EDM that, you know, I don't think the album sounds like EDM, but it's definitely more influenced by, by kind of, you know, what I'd call floor on the floor dance music. And in the past, that wasn't really what I was interested in rhythmically, but just understanding this kind of skill that a DJ has to have to keep the dance beat going all night long so that people don't don't go sit down <laughs> ever, but they're really uh, compelled to keep dancing. So, so that was something that I was thinking of and, and Nate and I were thinking of Bloomington native, Nate Brenner, <laughs> uh, when we were writing these songs. Out of curiosity, how long ago did that start, these uh, offers for gigs? It was towards the end of, of our Nikki Nat tour, so the, the tour in the last album. So, you know, I, I had, I think we stopped touring in, I don't know, the fall of uh, 2015, and around then I got a, a gig that was for April of 2016. And in that time, I thought, sure, I can work on and I learned mostly by doing a Tuesday night gig at the um, at a bar close to us, close to our studio in downtown Oakland. And meaning, I asked for a gig. <laughs> well, our friends uh, worked at the bar, and I said, "Hey, can I come and try out my DJ show one night a week?" So, um, so I did that for a long time, and of course, also got to listen to way more music than I had been. I usually am pretty isolated in terms of not wanting to be influenced by too many things when I am I'm starting to write things. and um, But I kind of just, you know, I, ex- I explored records. And then, of course, doing my radio show, Claw, that was a whole different set of, of musicians and DJs that I was being exposed to. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of contemporary women producers, which, you know, I, I am sorry to say that I hardly knew any women producers before I started that show. But um, as part of the process, of doing that, I learned that there are indeed thousands upon thousands of, of female identifying producers. I understand that the book The Artist's Way and Regular Meditation and Writing tied into the process of creating I Can Feel You Creep Into My Private Life. How did these practices impact the album and was the creation process notably notably different from those of previous Tune Yards albums? You know, I don't know how different it was in the end, but I think what I needed support with was was the idea of practice. I'm pretty allergic to practice, or was really allergic to practice. <laughs> um, my mom's a piano teacher, and I would, you know, rail against needing to practice piano every day when I took lessons with her when I was a kid. There's something about feeling contained or, or disciplined that has been really difficult for me as a musician, and and I don't have the jazz training that Nate has or um, any 
formal music ed- education for the most part. So, um, you know, I haven't had that kind of routine of doing the same thing every single day and doing scales and doing, you know, things that aren't particularly interesting. They're just important to build your instrument. So I would say taking voice lessons uh, once a week was a really big, big deal. I think my voice is a lot more flexible than it used to be. I think the artist way, you know, the practice of getting out of my own way creatively, um, the practice of writing every single day, and also knowing that I was kind of committing to a practice at all. I think before, you know, in in earlier times, like with Who Kill and um, right after Who Kill, I really struggled with where is my inspiration going to come from? Where are these ideas going to come from? And the artist way was part of, you know, really just trusting the practice, you know, trusting that if I just work at it every single day, that the album will come. And that's, that is really what happened. It, you know, it, it was long, long, long hours <laughs> when you put them all together. But um, what a joy to be a musician and have this be my work. for the David Byrne Contemporary Color Project and a song for Mavis Staples. Can you tell us a bit about those experiences? Yeah, I mean, it was really, you know, a really great experience to, to compose for for some other projects and other people besides, besides Two Yards and, and for me. Uh, and also since then we've done a, a film score, which was also a really formative experience that happened you know, in conjunction with finishing our album, pretty much. And I did podcast music, too, for the New Yorker Radio Hour. So there's been a lot more of these experiences of, I would say, not easier because um, it's, a, it's a different challenge to write for somebody else, but, but to not have, have to make songs that fit into this world of Tune Yards. You know, I'm pretty protective of what Tune Yards is and specific about what it is and careful about how it you know, morphs and changes over the years. When, when I was writing for these other projects, I mean, first of all, I was surrounded by other creators, like surrounded by all these people that David Byrne had, had involved in the Contemporary Color Project. I was writing for a dance routine, essentially. Um, that's not what, what Color Guard is, but that's essentially what it is, was a choreographed set of movements that, um, that I was writing for. So there was something very specific to the assignment. And writing for me, the staples, I mean, I don't even know what to say about that. I can't believe, I still can't believe I had that honor. <laughs> and um, to really try to offer something to her that, again, was not something that I would sing, but was something that I could imagine her singing and imagine kind of fitting in her um, that repertoire. Get off my, 
And we love reminiscing on previous Tune Yards and Natronics shows here in town and embrace the local connection of Bloomington native Nate Brenner, bassist and co-producer on the album. Can you tell us a bit about the collaborative nature of I Can Feel You Creep Into My Private Life? Yeah, well, Nate's been collaborating on Tune Yards with me for a really long time now. I mean, since, I, mean I, I think coming up on 10 years. So, and, and Tune Yards isn't, you know, all that much older than that, so... I think first Nate came in as a bass player to, to tour with me, and then you know that that collaborative union continued and, and grew and grew and grew. So I think you know I can't like Tune Yards is, is not separate from Nate. I think people think I'm called Tune Yards, like Meryl Jarvis, AKA, and that's really not how it is. It really you know Nate it comes in really early in the process of songwriting, so I'll write. Um, Usually I'd start with a beat or um, a vocal melody or both or you know, some kind of kind of skeleton of an idea. And then really quickly he'll take it over, you know, sit down and, and write a bunch of bass lines over it or suggest different conversations. A lot of the time I will write something and I'll be like, it's, you know, it's in this thinking, it's in this key or um, thinking that the downbeat is on a certain beat and he hears it in a totally opposite way. So I think a lot of what Tune Yards is, is is a real back and forth between our musical sensibilities. But yeah, I mean, and we're married, so <laughs> that that also means that, you know, I don't know if it, if, it helps that we're so close and we um, have only grown closer over the time that we've worked together, but also that we really have a lot of incentives to work out whatever creative tension there is because we have to take it home. <laughs> so there's a real, you know, there's, I've never had that kind of um, kind of creative fluency with someone where we're really at this point now speaking such a similar language and um, and really being able to play with each other. That's really awesome. That's really interesting to hear sort of that background context about the back and forth, resolving the any creative conflict. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a really I mean, <laughs> I mean it's that's really awesome. There, but, but I think it's a good thing. You know, there's a little bit of little bit of push and pull, a little bit of tension is. It's really good for, you know, even on stage where we are playing this music every single night. So we need to really trust each other, but also that little bit of tension of, you know, I'm, no, I'm feeling it a little behind the beat. No, I'm feeling a little bit on top of the beat. You know, that stuff can really also make for a dynamic show as well. Well, thank you again, Meryl, for joining us. We're really excited for your show here at the Bluebird. My pleasure. We can't wait. It's always Oh, we're always one of the highlights of the tour to play in Bloomington, so thanks for playing us so much. Right, left, right, left, fantasy, fantasy, until you're looking your fear in the eyes. Right, left, right, from coast to coast, I'll surrender to the truth, my never to the 